Hello and welcome to episode number 240 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. Here for another exciting one. We are indeed. There's a very exciting one this week. Um, but yeah, just before we get to that, just hearing the word 240, um, like we're fast approaching 250, obviously. And oh, I was just looking at the dates and it would be like the first week of June, which if it stands right now, that would be when A Quiet Place Part 2 came out. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting to think about that we might be, you know, only 10 shows away from that. It um, could be that literally, yeah, our, our 250 celebration is our celebrating returning to the cinema. Oh please let's please um but yeah no this week we do have something very exciting to talk about um which is of course the upcoming return of creep show um well, obviously we love creep show on shudder and uh, yeah we'll be getting into all that goodness uh, very shortly um we also have another giveaway to announce this week um another amazing blu-ray giveaway giveaway courtesy of sean um so we'll get to that after the news as well um but yeah there's a few things in the news this week not a huge amount but there's some interesting stuff in here um we've also got just a little bit of non-horror news after this um because Sweet. it pertains to cinema releases and all that ongoing stuff which of course we always like to talk about um because obviously it does directly affect us with cinema horror um but before we get to that um first up on the news we have the new title um for the upcoming season of american horror story um which i thought was pretty cool because yeah we've seen the teases from ryan murphy he's been teasing this for a couple of months now um obviously we didn't have it last year for the first time ever um but we are getting it this year and the new title which is quite quite out of left field really um american horror story double feature um so kind of grindhouse on us yeah like i love this title first and foremost and in the teaser video um there's been a lot of imagery of kind of like water and sea people were saying that it might have been a mermaid type season um definitely getting lighthouse vibes from it which i very much appreciate (laughs) um but in the video it says one by the sea and one by the sands obviously referring to kind of like this dual story that they're gonna be telling in this upcoming season um and obviously i'm assuming that they'll cross heads at some point but yeah we don't know much about it like all of the season regulars are returning that you'd want to see um and yeah like i'm at a place right now where i'm i'm really excited for american horror story um i think like obviously the saying like absence makes the heart grow fonder is so true here because Mm -hmm. i loved american horror story for years and then you get the fatigue with it and with the downs but mostly ups um but the fact that we didn't have it last year has really made me miss it um and obviously we're getting american horror stories as well like the new spin-off show yeah Um, which is weird um are you you excited for this oh yeah my hype is super high for it i think for me it's you know we've we've been crazy fans of of american horror story right from the beginning and i think um you know the hype aligns with kind of the the preceding last couple of seasons i think and we we had moments where there were a couple of seasons that weren't as good but coming off the back of the last two seasons i found them both extremely Mm -hmm. enjoyable um uh, what was it? Was it called Apocalypse? And yeah, then, Apocalypse um, in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Like they were both incredible, um, and and yeah, so like I I couldn't be more excited for a new season. 
Yeah, so I can't wait. And like we say, there's so much TV coming this year, and these are definitely on that list of like, cannot wait to see these. And obviously, all the Netflix stuff we discussed last week, Midnight Mass, Stranger Things. Like, I really think we're getting Black Mirror this year as well because we're fast approaching the two years since anything Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be very so even with the pandemic, obviously, but I'd be surprised if we saw all of 2021 without black mirror like my prediction is i think there'll just be one episode um that's maybe like an hour long i think it'll be in around halloween as well that's kind of my guess um but uh yeah moving on to some more news about um the resident evil film um Mm. keeps being put in the news i'm desperate for this trailer um we obviously know that it's coming this september um but we do not have an official title of the movie um because before we were just referring to it as Resident Evil slash Resident Evil Reboot, um, you know, were they just going to call it Resident Evil? But no, they have given it a distinct title, which I like. Um, yeah. And it is called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, so, you know, I think it's obviously a very wordy title, but I like it because I, I don't like, like the fact that we have free movies called Halloween. Like that pisses me off. And so I didn't want to have another film just called Resident Evil. Um, I, I like to differentiate well. it, it. It, it. It firmly puts you in that mindset of this, you know, we are in mm. Raccoon City. This is what I want. You know, I think um, for me as someone that is a super old school resident evil fan like i love raccoon city i love anything in raccoon city and even though over the years they revisit it multiple times i never really get fatigued of it because Mm. i love it so much uh i think kind of with anything um the with, with these zombie movies and anything that you get the initial outbreak is kind of you know the most exciting part of it when you get kind of so far removed from it um you know it starts to get away from what it actually is at its core Whereas kind of, you know, I'm hoping that it will be a round outbreak and kind of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for it, man. Yeah, so we, we have confirmation that obviously it will adapt the first two Resident Evil games in this movie. Um, and we so already good. know that both the Spencer Mansion and, of course, Raccoon City Police Department will feature in the movie. Um, it's also set in 1998, like the original games, which is pretty cool. Um, but on that first bit about it, obviously adapting the first two games, which is awesome because both those games are incredible mm-hmm. but it's interesting to me from you know speak you know speaking as a fan of those games like that is an interesting proposition isn't it for like a you know what you'd have to assume as an under two hour long movie yeah, trying to adapt these two stories in one film like it's pretty odd isn't it because they they're yeah. very distinct stories that have clear you know start middle and ends like how are you gonna is it going to be this kind of dual story where they're taking place simultaneously, which I know doesn't line up with the original timeline of the games, but I feel like they might have to change some things to make it to work as a film. Um, because otherwise it's just going to be two different films, isn't it? <laughs> mm. um, yeah. It's either that or the mansion is more of a prologue. Yeah. I could so see that so as well. It's more of a 10 or 15 minute segment. And then, and then we kind of get into the crux of it, which is set in Raccoon City. Mm. Uh, I can see that maybe, but yeah, I, like this is something for me where it's like if if we're revisiting original Resident Evil in the film world, like in the first two games, you know, we haven't ever seen this. This movie could be four hours long and I'm happy. Schneider cut it. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that's fine. Like we talk a lot about length in the in the podcast about, you know, with movies and I think yeah, for for this movie, you know, potentially the longer the better. I might oh, yeah, like... get into it and not want this, but but right now I, I, I want it to be a, a saga. 
We would love that, but there's no chance this movie's longer than two hours and ten minutes. Like, not an absolute hope and chance. Um, so that's why you I'm kind of like an evil Schneider cut. God damn it! It's that's why I'm kind of there. I'm kind of like, man, how are they going to do that? But I, yeah, I can't wait to see it for sure. Um, and then, yeah, lastly, on the kind of horror news, um, this one came in uh, just a few days ago. That kind of Ari Aster, obviously very busy, been talked in the news recently. We know about his next movie, um, Disappointment Boulevard, starring Joaquin Phoenix that may or may not be a horror movie. Um, and But he's actually signed a new deal. Um, so him and his production company, Square Peg, have signed a two-year first-look television deal um, with A24. Um, obviously, you know, A24 behind his two movies, um, huge, huge success for that company. So they obviously want to stay with him. Um, I'm assuming his next movie is also with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting one, like TV with Ari Aster. I really didn't see this coming, especially no, with I A24. Didn't. I can't think of any tv i've seen with their kind of logo well, no, that's on what it. i was gonna ask you like mm. I, I weren't sure if you'd looked into it because um i hadn't and and i wasn't sure whether they, they've got a tv kind of background or not mm. and um you know it's kind of like these first look deals are always a little bit weird like yeah so Cause it could nothing because nothing could happen <laughs> yeah well i'm like has he got a deal like has he got a monetary deal right now mm. a, a payday for, for this first look what about if he doesn't create anything for TV in the next two years? Is he good? Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, sorry, I just didn't have anything come to mind. Yeah, like, like, I know. I'm totally with, like, with you. Like, I, I like, don't what, understand what, it what's fully. What's the brass tax of it all? Because surely mm. he's getting a payday now for this exclusivity. But you know, when, when, you know, like the um, the Flanagan one made sense because it was so many projects, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So like he was tethered to projects, which can be difficult because then you kind of think are they pumping out projects to fulfill a contract? And, you know, yeah. we don't want that, which Flanagan 100% isn't. Mm. Um, Not but, so far, anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but you know, um, this exclusivity stuff, we saw it with Jordan as well, and it's kind of like, mm. you know, what, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you. Like, this is a weird one of, like, it's yeah. cool. Um, I think, first and foremost, the idea of him doing TV is interesting. I think what we're seeing as well, especially in the pandemic, is, like, a lot of these filmmakers that wouldn't have even probably considered TV mm. as an option for their talents before. Kind of, there's so much more of a guarantee with that right now. Um, yeah, I think like, that's I why they Mike know... is so yeah. happy that he kind of was making Midnight Mass and was like, right, that's going to be my next project. Because imagine if he was trying to get, like, a new Doctor Sleep level film film off the ground well, yeah. in the pandemic you know, you it would have been you a look problem. at quiet place you know people behind quiet place two mm. are wanting to be making quiet place three right now and none of us have even seen it, the second one yeah it's ridiculous whereas you know we have seen all of wandavision all of yeah. mandalorian like we are getting tv shows put in front of us you know uh, all across the board you know you look at the yeah, loads of different things. Ted Lasso is uh, season two of that is going ahead, and mm. season one is out there. We've seen it. You know, it's not it's not like uh, you know every one of these movies that we've spoken about at length. You know, they are all just frozen in time. So yeah, mm. I, I could see if I was a director or an actor in Hollywood right now, I'd be thinking, yeah, I'm jumping on TV. Um, let alone that TV is better than it's ever been before. And um, also the fact that it is just a two year deal makes even more sense of that. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things, that isn't a huge amount of time. No. And it's like you say, in, in the in the kind of instrument while we wait for everything to kind of hopefully sort itself out, yeah. he might be like, Well, I've already done I'm gonna be doing Disappointment Boulevard, I've already got Wacky signed on, that's a go. But then in the meantime, after that, I could maybe just do like one or two TV shows and then do my next movie by twenty twenty four, for example. So 
it is interesting for sure. But yeah, it's exciting either way. I can't wait to see obviously what he does in any mm-hmm. capacity. Um, and then yeah, just a couple of the, some non horror stuff here. Um, these like broke just today, um, so they're pretty interesting. I think the first one is kind of to do with a movie, and then we'll get onto the more kind of wider impact of all of this. Um, Black Widow has got a huge amount of information today. I don't know if you saw any of this, um, mm-hmm. but it has been pushed back two months. Um, so you know, What's originally that? May, now it's to July. That's kind of the usual uh, release date. Uh, musical chairs but more importantly they have finally confirmed that it will be coming to disney plus via premiere access um we've talked about this at length whether or not they would be doing it or not but they have finally pulled the trigger and said yes they are doing it which i think is this is monumental regardless of whether people care about the film is the july day cinema as well or is this purely right so there's so there's a hope we can still see it in the cinema but if not we know we're getting it on it premiere access when i first saw this i thought it was a bit odd because i was like well why delay it and i was like oh no that mm. makes perfect sense because they've delayed it for as now as long as they possibly could without fucking yeah. everything else up and they're yeah. like right if, by if we july we hope more july, people are out yeah like you look at the uk plans i don't know about the states but you look at us in the uk and our firm plan has continued to be by june we should be good yeah like and obviously you know <laughs> that is subject to change without notice uh, the mm. night before that could change but right now that is where we're at and and yeah so so disney that it makes perfect sense last chance saloon you know end of june for us we should be able first week of july everything should be open if it's not screw it stick it on disney plus yeah you know and and uh, presumably the states has got a similar sort of situation i, I know that sean is saying his cinemas are already reopening yeah well that's there is a new story shortly that will cover yeah. more of that but yeah i think this is interesting like say because we've been talking about this for the best part of the year of like there's been these smaller releases there's been this there's been that but we have not seen a huge tempoed release by disney in particular obviously the warner bros hbo max is its own mm. deal which which we'll get to as well which i think is great um but they are finally pulling the trigger of like a marvel movie a brand new big marvel movie is going to be day and day available for streaming like that's insane that is insane news um but yeah the next bit is kind of this was really confusing to me and i had to read this a few times um so basically cineworld who are cineworld in the uk and regal in the united states mm-hmm. the, the news reporting today this was a, so this article that i'll be reading from is from the bbc um says Cineworld has announced it will reopen U.S. cinemas next month, followed by the U.K. in May, after signing a deal with Warner Bros. to show films in theaters before they are streamed. Now, that headline is very confusing. Um, So we'll get into what that means in just a second. But yeah, they're basically saying that the guidelines are they're going to try and open the Regal in the U.S. in April, which we're already starting to see. Um, And of course, yeah, our our current guidelines are like mid-May, and they're basically saying, because Cineworld have been shut for ages. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, as of right now, everywhere shut including the other um, major chain in the uk odeon um but yeah they're trying to open so that's kind of all information we kind of assumed anyway um but this warner bros deal is where it gets really interesting um so later on in the article, it says, under its deal with Warner Bros., from next year, which is the key here, Cineworld can exclusively show its films for 45 days. Um, that's in the States. In the UK, the period will be 31 days, though it can be extended to 45 days for other extra reasons. Um, so when I first read this, I was kind of like... From next year, we're talking 2022. I'm assuming so. Like this article to me is extremely vague and really mm. poor given that it's based on the BBC. Um, I don't know if they're going to add this for more information, but I read this about five times and I still don't fully understand it. <laughs> um, but, but what I'm gathering from, because obviously we know the Warner Bros deal with HBO Max 
well, from the get-go is a 2021 only deal. They said for the entire slate this year, mm. it will obviously be day and date on HBO Max for a month only, then the movies get um, taken off. Um, they've been clear about that. They've said stuff like The Batman, which is 2022, is not part of that deal. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming this is kind of like another deal that Warner Bros. has struck up to kind of get back into bed with the cinemas yeah. and be like, look, we made this deal in the short term, but we're not screwing you guys over in the long term. Um, I, think, I think the biggest thing to um, to like look at here is that when we get to an uh, you know back to a normal world hmm. what is what is the cinema going to look like and what is distribution versus cinema release going to look hmm. like because everyone in the world like every one of the major players in the game have a distribution platform now like yeah. some way they either have them direct like disney or or like warner brothers they've got into bed with someone else so they all have this very clear, straight to on-demand platform. And so, you know, uh, that was kind of one of my questions I had in my head. Like, what will happen? Will, will all Disney movies from Black Widow, with, the, mm. with that announcement, will all Marvel movies be day, day and day on premium, premier access? Yeah. Or, or will it transition back to the cinema? Yeah, will um, they just do it in the short term, you know, yeah, or will they because, think, hi, oh, this is great. We're going to do this forever. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know what the answer is. And at time will tell, money, money will tell, <laughs> money will tell. Yeah, Disney yeah. don't know yet, I don't think. You know, if Black Widow slays, why would they not? But I think, mm. um, you know, the big thing for me is that I like uh, what what that announcement is for me is is all positivity because I want cinema. I want cinema exclusivity, but I don't want cinema exclusivity like we had before. If things are day and date, I'm okay with that. Or if there's a small window, 30 days, 45 days, then I get to see the movie again. Great. Like, I don't want a St. Maud situation. I know, mm. obviously, that's probably still going to happen because it's a lower um, budget movie. Yeah. But I like the fact that I can watch a movie in the cinema. I can get that cinema premium experience that I will not stop going to. But... I could also watch the movie quite quickly afterwards. You know, Black Widow, if we can, we will see that in the cinema. Yeah. And and then if that is then available on Disney Plus as part of their free part, I wouldn't pay premier access for it again. But when it becomes free quickly, that would be awesome. You know, and, and I think kind of that's where I'm at, where like I want to be able to have both and the cinema won't go away for me because it is, you know... It, the cinema used to be this thing where you where you had to go see that movie six months before you got to see it anywhere else. That isn't going to be the case anymore. It is just, do you want that premium experience? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see when the dust settles and after all this is over, like what is going to be the long-term impact? Because, yeah, reading into this, what I'm assuming this is, is basically Warner Bros. saying to Cineworld in yeah, the form of a contract. Yeah, like we're not screwing you over long-term. We're only doing this in the interim. But what I find, obviously, where, where I find this to be super unclear is they say Cineworld can exclusively show its films for 45 days. Now, when they're talking about exclusive, are they saying yeah, just in cinemas and and not online or are they saying they're the only cinema chain in the world that can carry warner bros movies because mm. they are two very different things um so that's where i get worried i need more clarification i will try and read more after the podcast because this literally came in like an hour ago and you know the bbc is as far as i thought could be like the most clear way of, of wording this and they clearly didn't do that mm. um so yeah it's, but yeah and then when you look into it even if it is the case of it's just not streaming well then basically it's what it was before mm -hmm. like but it's just a guarantee i guess because a lot of people are thinking well 
at Cineworld are probably thinking, well, shit, we're not going to carry your movies if you're just going to keep putting them on HBO Max. Um, yeah. You know, going Which is forward. what they've said. Yeah. You know? so, Maybe, I don't know whether it's Cineworld, but, but major cinema chains have, haven't they? Yeah, and it all started with that agreement, a disagreement last year with um, mm. Cineworld and AMC both threatened mm. to not show Universal movies going forward because of the whole thing about Trolls World Tour. And then they obviously came to an agreement after that mm. where there's like a, a, another, again, AMC also did a thing with Universal where they have an exclusivity window before it goes online. So that's the weird part of it is like, it's basically what it was before, but they've all had to have these very strict agreements now in terms of like before there was a level of trust, I guess, that is kind of gone. And now it's going to be a company by company basis of will you sign up to this agreement? And someone like Disney, I just I don't think they will want to sign up to these sorts of agreements because I think they'll no. want it to just be a bit more fluid and be like, yeah, if we want to put it on a platform, we will. And if we don't, then we won't like. Yeah, so sure. it's interesting. Um <clears throat> But yeah, that's all the news this week. Um, announce another giveaway. Um, so yeah, I'll say kind of what the prizes are first because it's some pretty awesome stuff. Um, so yeah, if you were around about a month ago and we did the last one, um, we obviously had winners for both UK and US, um, and it'll be the same again this time. Um, so we'll have uh, three winners from the UK. Um, we have another copy of St. Maud to give away, which of course we always talk about every other week because we love this movie. <laughs> so keeping that conversation before yes. now on this week's show <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah it was wasn't it um so yeah that's a great one um another one is possessor which is a brand you know super new movie mm. that a lot of people may not have even seen um obviously we covered it earlier this year absolutely loved it still one of my favorite movies of the year still not ready um, to watch it again though <laughs> no <laughs> it's a gruesome movie yeah prepare yourself for that one it is really really good um and then just another absolute classic in the form of the evil dead trilogy um nice. which again is a, is a thing that we always talk about and probably won't be the last time we talk about evil dead this week and Ooh. i mean talking about horror trilogies real quick like is there anything better than evil dead i'm struggling to think off the top of my head um are we saying it's just a trilogy it has to be right because otherwise uh, it gets a bit because otherwise yeah. you're gonna say scream aren't you and correct <laughs> i would say sore and yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean i'd say i'd say that the, the uh the firefly trilogy mm. you know just gonna put that out there yeah true true um th there is some out there but yeah evil dead trilogy definitely up there so yeah those are the three for the uk as far as the us as well we have some pretty interesting stuff first up is not just a blu-ray but a 4k copy of hereditary um nice. which is awesome um and then we also have a couple of double uh winners so one winner will receive american werewolf in london and two evil eyes um this movie i had not heard of and, and ended up looking up it sounds awesome i really want to see it it's a two-story film one of the stories is directed by george romero and the other is directed by dario argento um <laughs> and it's kind of like these two stories that link together it sounds really cool i definitely want to check this movie out um and another winner will receive uh, Death Laid an Egg and The House That Screamed, uh, two older films. I have not seen either of those either. Um, so, yeah, free for the UK, free for the US. Like before, um, send us a or leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. Um, screenshot it and then send it to us either on Twitter or via email, um, of course. And this will be open for just over a week. It will close on the 2nd of April. So I'll kind of give you guys a final reminder next week as well. Um, and, yeah, if you entered before obviously because there was one only just recently obviously we are on plenty of different podcast services we're on itunes Definitely. spotify we're hosted on podomatic um loads of different stuff so you can just leave yeah, it on you, any if other you service. search a podcast platform we are hopefully on it 
Yes. Um, so, so that is obviously a way of if you entered before, you can enter again. Just make sure you do it on a different podcast service. Um, and I'll also be doing a Twitter giveaway, a Twitter exclusive giveaway. It'll, it'll just be like a retweet this tweet type thing as well. So that's a much easier way for people to join. But the the bulk of the winners will come from people that leave reviews. Um, so yeah, a whole host of stuff. Like I say, the more information of this will be left in the description. Like I say, you've got over a week to get involved in this, win a bunch of movies. The the previous winners, I know, were really happy with theirs. So definitely get involved um and thanks again obviously for sean for sponsoring this amazing uh blu-ray giveaway he is of course the king of blu-rays um, the king of blu-rays definitely <laughs> and i think as well it's just an awesome thing that like we are trying to build us a, a really positive horror community mm. sean has really you know kind of embraced that and getting into it and and obviously the people that are receiving these blu-rays giving us the reviews are, are doing the same and it's, it's what we wanted to build you know it's kind of um been difficult in in the last kind of you know months to to, to do that so mm. so much and and obviously without the uh the availability of like a fright fest and those sorts of events for us to go to but to actually kind of do stuff like this is awesome so yeah i'm, I'm just glad we can 100 percent. um but yeah shall we talk about this week's tv show let's do it let's talk about creep show So after all these years, it's finally here. They said they said it couldn't be done, but the Schneider cut has arrived. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Are we not? Are we not doing Jack Schneider's Justice League this week? Is that what you can? I'm I'm gonna be talking about some creep show. All right. So all the differences. So Steppenwolf, he's a character now. Um, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm assuming you haven't watched it. <laughs> I I watched thirty five minutes and oh, couldn't, get, couldn't, couldn't do any more. Wow, that's a lot. Um, I'm like, I've got, uh, you know, I've got other things to do. Mm. Well, <laughs> I did a lot of other things whilst watching it. Um, yeah, <laughs> answered a lot of emails. Yeah. I exercised multiple times while I was watching it, but I managed to get through the whole four hours and five minutes or whatever well, it was. Um, but yeah, well, let's not derail the podcast no, let's, let's too not, much. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's not do creep show dirty. Let's. Let's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Move yeah, if this was that. any other week, we probably would have a conversation about it. Um, but yeah, Creep Show is back. Obviously, um, season two will premiere exclusively oh, yeah. on Shudder worldwide on the first of April next week. And yeah, we have the first episode to talk about. Obviously, two stories, like they always do. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, before we get into like the the plots and the actual specifics of the episode, like. And I know we kind of spoke about it in the last few weeks, but like I was so excited for Creep Show to return. This really was one of the things this year that I was really looking forward to. Obviously, season one was was good, um, but I felt like it was gonna get a lot better. And I think the two specials, the Halloween special and the Christmas special, like thoroughly enjoyed them both. They were so in tune of what I hoped the direction the show would go into. Mm-hmm. Um and so going into season two, seeing that trailer, like I was so excited. And obviously we're getting like apparently another season this year as well, which is great. Um but even at this point I'm already just happy that this show is back. Um which is just awesome to finally talk about it. Um, I think they've just got the parameters right for it. You know, they know what this show is. Mm. They've 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 kind of set set a budget and set a tone, and that tone is perfect for what it needs to be. Mm. I'm kind of I'm watching these, and I'm like, 
what watching what we've seen of season two most of the time when i'm watching it i i, I almost think i'm watching something from like the 80s or whatever mm. and even if it is like a more modern story that they're telling it just feels like that old show like and it's kind of you know, it's one of, uh, like, I don't really think we've spoken about it as much, but it's one of the best kind of remakes and reimaginings that we've ever seen because it just, yeah. it literally just feels like it gives me the memory of what the original kind of creep show was mm. um, and gives me that feel now, which I just didn't think it, it, it you know, something like that could happen. And it's such an awesome idea to change it into a TV show. Like, as we mm. discussed in the news heavily of, like, TV is so hot right now, it's better mm. than it's ever been, and you get this classic horror film franchise that was so awesome at the time. But, like, trying to remake that now, imagine if people tried to get that off the ground and they were like, we're going to try and get four different filmmakers together. And it just, it would seem so unlikely that you'd the, be able to recapture scope, that magic. The scope has to be so big. And obviously, mm. you know, so that that's a, you know, I think that's a massive problem for, like, a movie but obviously then you know having kind of the vision of kind of um greg nicotero behind it as well mm. i think has really helped kind of steer the ship oh 100 you know kind of that mind and that direction is kind of why this has been so good but yeah, yeah but I'm glad you mentioned greg because yeah he obviously is the showrunner for creep show mm-hmm. um he directed the two segments in this first episode yeah and to me greg is a guy who just doesn't get enough credit like that he deserves in the horror mm. community you know he is in my eyes a bona fide horror legend like this guy has been around since what the early 80s and has done so much to kind of contribute to the horror genre i think yeah. we as fans we talk so much about actors and directors because you know fundamentally they probably are the most two important things in terms of production but i think with someone like greg who started with the effects he was basically tom savini's protege and kind of carried that torch and perfected Mm. the things that tom invented and he contributed so much to the genre and now obviously he's directing with creep show and the walking dead so he's kind of like a bit more forward facing i think more people are aware of what he's doing because he's in like i say the more traditional role of either a director or an actor are the ones that get the plaudits but like Mm. his work for what he's been doing for decades at this point in the genre i think is so good it's one of those things where like tom savini obviously broke Mm. major into the mainstream and kind of greg kind of is is kind of doing that now mm. but but yeah has been around for so long you know you think of the you know was it day of the dead he worked with Slovenia, yeah yeah i think and then yeah. and obviously you know he did the evil dead movies he did reanimator he's done what well, he, he was some of the early phantasms wasn't he and he's so, worked on so halloween movies <laughs> nightmare on elm street movies do you know what i mean like mm. he is he has done as much as slovini has in in different kind of subsectors and it's just kind of you know he is getting his light of day which i think is you know fantastic obviously and i think it was walking dead that elevated him to that level definitely um 100%. you know in in the modern years and then and then you know he's he's gone he's gone beyond that now with with the newer things and what he did with um, that show of like even as someone who obviously isn't a bigger fan of it like he brought horror to the masses unlike anything yeah. we've ever seen before and especially zombies like people talk about zombies now being obviously this thing that is so overdone which it is but like he made zombies the biggest thing in the world um and mm. there's a reason for that because he does that sort of effect better than anyone else in the world like, yeah and i guess like it's it's wild to think that that uh, that was pretty much his directorial debut wasn't it you I'm know, pretty sure uh, the only things he's directed is Walking Dead and Creep Show. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, probably, yeah, probably like a couple of shorts or something. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think so too. And like for him to have, you know, literally been kind of 
well literally in the background doing doing makeup effects for so long and just learning that craft of mm. and working with the best people in horror you know the walking dead you know the way it was like how many people have had that level of global mainstream success in horror it was their first ever project like that's that's pretty much unheard of yeah for sure um yeah i was just looking at it now he's basically directed yeah like you say a couple of shorts then he done like 33 episodes of the walking dead currently um and then he did uh two uh, four segments in season one of creep show and then he did both of the two specials the halloween special and the christmas special and obviously he's now going to be directing a lot in season two um oh and he's doing the walking dead movie this upcoming as well um so that's like a real big thing for him which is awesome Um, yeah definitely but yeah um so yeah i guess going into kind of um the, the premiere of season two, obviously episode one. Um, we've kind of got two, the, yeah, the two segments to talk about. We have uh, model kid, mm-hmm. um, first of all, and then uh, public television of the dead, which I think we'll have a lot to say about. Mm. Um, but yeah, kind of, I guess kind of model kid. Uh, um, I was trying to think of the, the, the actual kid's name. Is it um, in the, Joe, in the I think. segment? I think it was Joe. Yeah um but yeah basically we we kind of meet uh young joe who is who's kind of um you know pretty much like a lot of us really when we were young he's this young kid obsessed with horror movies and Mm. obsessed with kind of figures and collectibles and and everything like that and he's kind of um obsessed with the old monster movies kind of the frankensteins and and uh, dracula and as we join him he's in full uh halloween dracula outfit just in a random sunny afternoon <laughs> for, the, for the banter and um and he we kind of meet him and his mum and we kind of learn early on that his mum is uh terminally ill and kind of his or oh, sorry her sister and boyfriend are kind of moving in to help her and to help joe kind of inevitably kind of when when his mum passes and kind of we we learn that he has a bad relationship with the kind of uh step uncle and kind of um he kind of dives into his horror movies and his figures and kind of finds a ad for a kind of customizable action or, or horror figure that he gets that gives him uh what, what was it a voodoo doll or something was it advertised mm. as i can't remember yeah. now something like that um and he orders one of those up to uh kind of interesting effects i think mm. um this one this one proper felt like a goosebumps story for me um like uh, and just like a proper kind of anthology horror kind of traditional story just a very simple concept and just kind of really really kind of nailed what it was going for the uncle was just an absolute dickhead from day one i had such empathy for for joe the mum and and the auntie kind of with this with this guy that just sucks and kind of just just kind of you're rooting for them straight away and then kind of um it it just kind of uh, these sorts of things are cheap where they put they kind of put a smile on my face just seeing him with all these figures and collectibles and that sort of thing because it just puts me in that mindset of where where i was when i was young and kind of wanting all this stuff and looking at magazines and and articles and trying to get these figures and collecting them and and all of that stuff and so yeah i i kind of i i really enjoyed that aspect of it um i think kind of 
it has it has more of an emotional story to it as well obviously i touched upon his mom and and the illness and kind of that side of it and i think kind of that's that i wasn't expecting that from like episode one or or segment one Mm. but um but yeah it it kind of it it gives you some feels as well which i wasn't you know expecting from a creep show segment yeah i really liked this and like you Mm. say i think it was such a different change of pace but it was really refreshing because i think what we normally expect from creep show especially with the two specials is the more comedy focused a bit more tongue-in-cheek a bit more slapstick and that's all great um and that is definitely what i want from most of Mm. creep show but to see this kind of immediately drill down on the emotion of this relationship between the boy and his kind of dying mother and like you said this was a simple story but it worked brilliantly um and for a short which was about 25 minutes like they kind of immediately hooked me in and especially for the first sort of 10 minutes where like you say there isn't a huge amount of comedy or horror like you'd expect Mm. from creep show it is just a raw emotion and i really felt it like i definitely think this was the most emotion uh, best emotion we've seen so far from creep show and probably the best character development we've seen as well because those are things that we obviously want from projects but in terms of creep show like i kind of want a very specific thing which is that i don't expect I don't expect crazy narratives because the show is so short. You know, I don't expect crazy character development or even emotion because for the same reasons, you're talking yeah. about something that has a 20, minutes. yeah, is a 20 minute runtime. You kind of want to get in, establish the characters, get the gore or the laughs and get out. And that's essentially what they do very, very well in the best segment so far. But this one was like way more grounded in reality in a lot of ways, even though obviously mm. it's still very um It gets fantastical. wacky, but only in like the, the first half is very grounded in reality. Yeah, and like that was surprising. Like I said, I thought it was a bold choice for it to open the season because it's not... I don't think it's necessarily a fair reflection of what creep show is, but it's also cool mm. to be like, no, we're just going to show you up front. Like, no, we can do more than just what we've done in the past. Um, so I really, really liked that. I think it, it was really cool the way the episode started is this kind of like classic black and white film um, yeah, cool. to kind of immediately get you on side with the kid and kind of like the speech cards on the screen. Like, I just love that. It was really cool. Um, and the, the overall, like the story is a great little homage to kind of the original films wraparound. Um, where you have kind of like the kid who's reading the creep show magazine and his dad like throws it out and says, don't read that horror garbage. And then he kind of has the creeper talk to him. And obviously then he gets the voodoo doll at the end. And so it very, you know, it's very, very similar um, story wise. Um, Yeah. And I thought that was really cool to be like, Oh, that's cool. They're starting to see these, especially because that wasn't, you know, a segment necessarily in the original creep show. It was just the, you know, the wraparound, it was the start and the finish. So to see that even a bit more fleshed out here, I thought was really cool. And like you say, like everyone played their roles so effectively, like the, the piece yeah. of shit uncle, like <laughs> oh, I, man, I he was the hated him. Honestly, yeah, I hated him so like I was, he was <laughs> such a douchebag and like, I was getting so annoyed with how much of a, of a bastard he was. And that's again, brilliant. We talk about this all the time with these horror movies, you know, of like, shitty characters can can really play a a good role and this is a perfect example of that of like this is an amazingly well done shitty character you know it's not shitty because it's poorly written it's shitty because he is a shithead of character it gets gets to the point like it's very you know it's very clear that you're rooting for him to get his comeuppance Mm. and kind of it got to the point where we're getting late in the day in the episode i really need like a long drawn out like yeah i don't want him just to like you know get it quickly he needs he needs to suffer <laughs> yeah and that was maybe the only downfall is that because of the runtime yeah. it is over fairly quickly and i'm with you where i'm like 
if this would have been 20 minutes of his drawn out death, I would have accepted it <laughs> um, because I wanted to see that that badly. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's an overall, like I really thoroughly enjoyed this one. I thought it was super well made. Like all the actors were great. Um, it really felt like a real genuine mm. bond between the, the mum and the son as well, which I thought was great. And like you say, all the little nods to kind of like the outsider horror kid. And there's just all these things that we can resonate with. I just, I don't know. I thought they absolutely nailed it for an opening segment for me definitely definitely i think um you know it's exactly what you want like you say it kind of gives you a bit of everything um and then kind of yeah going into um the the second segment and then he said episode two but the second segment <laughs> of episode one uh we get the public public television of the dead mm. um which I don't even know where to begin with this episode. <laughs> like, I, I really don't. Um, Do you want me to read like the, the one-line synopsis that Shudder put out for this? On, so, a public TV station and its happy daytime TV hosts <laughs> are overwhelmed when the appraisal of an antique book accidentally summons a dark force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, what happens. Starring um, Ted Raimi. Correct. Now, you, <laughs> you might wonder, why is Ted Raimi in this? And Yes sounds like something you might have heard of before mm. um playing ted raimi as well <laughs> um yeah <laughs> i mean i guess you know the the initial setup is quite spoilery in some extent i guess um yeah we I, talked but, about this in the but, news a few weeks ago with the trailer yeah exactly but like when we when we get into it like you know we have to get into the plot and what this is about um mm. and yeah this is yeah it's a small time television kind of station and we we join them kind of filming multiple segments of different TV shows. Yeah, there's so like we, three we, we get a obnoxious... Well, we get this female um, a children's presenter that's reading a story to kids and kind of like having these hilarious moments where she forgets the script and just says the most abusive shit ever and then goes back into this lovely character and then mm. kind of <laughs> reads the rest of the story and they have to cut this together. And and then like and then when they cut, she becomes she is just like this horrible human being that is um basically running the network because she has the most popular TV show. Mm. Um, and then and then we kind of uh, what is the actual segment called? We 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 get we we meet <laughs> an artist who is uh, yeah I can't oh man because I just want to call forgotten. it the joy of painting, but I'm like it's yeah. not. Well, to, um, so as a quick aside, because when we watched this episode, we spoke about it and I was like, so this guy is based upon a real guy um, for people that may know or may not know called Bob Ross and an unexpected oh happy accident, shall we say, from this episode mm. was that I got to introduce you to the world of Bob Ross. Um, oh my oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> which so... we can spend a little bit of time talking about that because why not? Because he fills everyone's lives with joy. Yeah, like this is a horror podcast, and <laughs> and sometimes you know you need to just kind of have a bit of zen and a mm. bit of kind of tranquility in your life. And if you've ever kind of got to the point that you've watched, you know, too much bloodshed and too much violence, stick on some joy of painting. Mm. Watch some Bob Ross. I've I've watched hours of it. In the past <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, and it just gets better every time. Like mm. I love it so much. And the way that this team, the, the, the team, you know, um, public television of the dead literally just parodies it to perfection. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's effectively identical. Mm, it's crazy. Um, there's, there's not even like a weird take on it. It's just the same character. No, no, it is literally the same character with the whole paintbrush cleaning and everything is perfect. Mm. Even um, the way he looks as well. Yeah. And the way he speaks. But yeah, if anyone, 
hasn't like if, if you're watch if you're like listening to this and you're watching creep show just just you know afterwards <laughs> just do yourself a favor just just look on youtube search bob ross stick on a half an hour show and and you know see how it changes your life mm. um because yeah it's now my go-to thing to watch before i go to sleep you know <laughs> and it just puts me in a good place before i go to sleep it's great you know, and it was gonna, such a just gonna see a happy little tree there you know maybe he has a friend it was amazing, yeah. and it was so unexpected in Creepshow. Like, I, when I was watching this, I was like, okay, because obviously you start with the children's TV presenter, yeah. which, you know, could be anyone. And I loved, like you say, that juxtaposition. You know, it's a it's an obvious thing to go to of, like, they have this overly yeah. happy personality they have to present, therefore they're the biggest scumbag. So well. But, yeah, it completely worked. And then you cut to just Bob Ross, just doing yeah. Bob Ross things. And I was like, this is great. And then, obviously, then we get to the third uh, TV show as well, which is kind of like the main, where the main plot comes Yeah, from. and this is kind of like... Like an antiques roadshow. I can't yeah. think actually what it was called. It's something antiques, isn't it? Or yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, um, and we we meet the presenter, and he is joined by um, Ted Raimi, <laughs> who has brought um, he's brought with him a family heirloom mm, that's been in, been the, in family the family for, for a while. <laughs> um, and uh, before I get into that, I would say that the Bob Ross painter is painting mm. a very interesting painting. Mm. That's a spooky looking cabin in the woods with a with a destroyed bridge in the background. Is that actually uh, I didn't even notice that. I've seen yeah, it twice. The, the, the bridge the bridge is destroyed, like oh, I have to watch it again upwards, like like it like in the movie. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's when it's when it, the segment starts, he's finishing right. the bridge off. It zooms I'm out. I'm always just so enamored with him, like yeah, you yeah. kind of you kind of zone out, but I need to yeah. see that now. Um and and yeah, um yeah, Ted Raimi has his his well there's there's no being around the bush he's brought in the necronomicon mm. he has brought in the book of the dead uh they, they do say the word necronomicon in the episode they, they well. do they do very <laughs> early on and um it's yeah it's basically the book of, from evil dead uh with one slight change in that it has a uh lock mm. and, a, and a key on it which was which was the only real change for the episode um it, it i i i can see why um but but yeah um Look it up is interesting because obviously the Necronomicon has existed before the Evil Dead, and yeah, um, there has been versions that have had kind of key locks on the front before. Yeah, it's just that Ted Raimi with a with a yeah with a Necronomicon it conjures a certain image. Yeah, and he, um, like you say, he says I've had it in the family for years. He even yeah. says it's been oh, I'm so glad I didn't throw that out. It's just been in my fruit cellar for years. Yeah, exactly. you're like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant, <laughs> and and um yeah luckily as the presenter kind of reveals to him what he's got he well he wants to know whether he could buy a chimera with it first mm, and foremost or which top. you know yeah one or the other um the presenter luckily kind of knows a little bit of uh oh christ what is it some samarian what is oh, i always i always yeah. get that word wrong oh, like it's man. the something dagger and it's the something text and i'm like Kandarian da- dagger yeah something Samarian like that text, something like that <laughs> but know. he can let's, let's say it's that but he he, <laughs> he can read the, the necronomicon yeah so he decides to read a little bit of it um and Who's we all he know he is ash williams <laughs> he all hail to the king baby um <laughs> we, we all know what happens when you read from the necronomicon mm. um shit goes down so yeah basically the the um television show goes into turmoil uh the uh, well I, I mean i guess deadites but you know <laughs> creatures from the dead zombies deadites whatever you want to actually call them have are ravaging the the uh news station and kind of 
uh, one man uh, needs to kind of save the day and, and kind of get things back on track. And it is the one and only uh, TV version or, or sorry, creep show version of Bob Ross, who mm. turns out to be a bit of a badass because of his yeah. Vietnam days, yeah. uh, which was just brilliant. Um, and, and yeah, I, as you can tell from me just talking about the the setup and everything and how much, you know, this is a 20 minute segment of a TV show mm. and how long have I just spent talking about it? Because <laughs> it was just, it was just pure joy. Like it was, it was so good. It, it kind of, I, I would have never dreamed in a million years that we would get a segment like this in creep show. And like the, the payoff of everything was brilliant. The kind of, like I say, the homages in the, the pain in the fact that this episode helped me discover Bob Ross is like an added elevation <laughs> to it. But then, but then, yeah, obviously the, um, Ted Raimi stuff in it, he's great, um, in it. Um, and then kind of the carnage that we get at the, the TV station and kind of throughout, we kind of get, uh, clever kind of moments where obviously there are TV shows being filmed at all times. And some of it seems to be, kind of live going out which is strange and kind of like so we do get these different kind of um perspectives of of we we see people watching it and then we get the people in the tv station experiencing it and all around it was just it was just brilliant i mm. think kind of um uh, I, yeah i've watched this segment uh three times now <laughs> um and and yeah it, it's fantastic and i think kind of like I said, I, it, it doesn't, it should not exist. And the fact that it exists and it's this good, like y- you have to just watch it and you yeah. have to watch it multiple times and enjoy it. Yeah. Ra- rather unsurprisingly, I completely agree that this was like you say, I, I couldn't possibly have imagined this would be ever a creep show segment. And, you know, they're already nailing stuff like the previous episode, which got me something that I just never expected to get from creep show. And then this is obviously tonally a lot more what we used to a creep show, but the idea of pulling in this different universe and kind of using it as the backdrop to create this new episode of TV. And I think, that was what was so mental about this was like this never should have worked it's it's a public tv show with these three different tv shows you have like the 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 dueling between the ratings of the different shows you then have like the producer who's trying to do her job you then have bob ross involved you then have a (laughs) necronaut you then have ted raimi playing ted raimi giving the necronomicon to antiques roadshow like it's so bizarre but it all just works and um yeah it just it flies by like i've watched it twice and both times it's over in an instant um because like i say there's so much going on in so little time where i'm like man this is like good enough for a feature you know i really Mm. wanted to see more of all these different characters and really dive into it um but yeah they nailed it like say visually everything looked awesome um i think the possibilities of what this does for something like creep show is incredible because like i think they they make a very good choice to kind of not like you say, a lot of it is paying homage and kind of just creating this fun episode without getting kind of really bogged down into the mm. details because, the, you know, this not talking about Ash or anything very specific. It's just these fun little throwaway moments. And this is just like a weird side story to do with the Necronomicon. And I think that's awesome. And it's also like the first time we've seen the Necronomicon ever on screen used yeah. in this way um, because obviously there's talks of the new Evil Dead movie and how it might be set in like a, 
you know a, a high-rise building and all this different stuff where it's like you know they're taking it away from the cabin in the woods for the first time yeah. and you know it's interesting to see them go in that take but they, they kind of already did it first here and kind of proved like no 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 like the necronomicon and the deadites is so universal and so awesome that it doesn't always have to be tied to this one location it can work in different environments and this is about as insane of an environment as you could possibly come <laughs> up with yet it worked um yeah. so like huge credit to them like you say doing this on a budget of like one segment of one episode of one tv show and they somehow encapsulated pretty much everything i loved about evil dead in like such a short period of time um and like i say they really get gave you these characters to root for because that's something that's very difficult to kind of fill that void of like evil dead and especially after ash versus evil dead Mm. of like you have so many beloved characters now and I think anytime you kind of start floating that book around, it makes you think of these people that you love. Um, and they're obviously not here because this is its own separate thing. But the fact that they did this, maybe that's why, because I'm trying to like picture in my head, why come up with Bob Ross in this episode? I know. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because he's just so lovable that he's kind of the only person in the world you can put in there who makes who doesn't make you mi- immediately miss Ash <laughs> because you're like, well, Bob yeah. Ross is incredible. <laughs> so it just kind of, I don't know, th- this episode to me is like so batshit, but it just worked. It's kind of crazy because like if you if you kind of know who Bob Ross is, yeah, the second you see him, you can't be angry it's not Ash. Because no. I, I, I dare anyone to have an issue with Bob Ross. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, you can't. Uh, <laughs> so it is kind of genius. And I think it's just, um, I think with with both of the segments of, of, of kind of episode one of season two, the, the care and craft that have gone into these 20, 25 minute segments is just out of this world. Mm. You know, the, the character development, the... The, the the like I say the care you know you've got kind of two two very different stories and two very different kind of outcomes you know the first segment had so much meaning so much heart and you felt so much emotion but then this one just the care and love for um you know evil dead and the way that this was homaged was just kind of um you know done to perfection it wasn't it wasn't a cheap ripoff it wasn't trying to be um a sequel or a continuation or anything like that. It was just a beautiful homage to evil dead. Mm. Um, and the way that it kind of, um, gives us that kind of camera jolting through the studios at pace and mm. with the sound effect, it gives us kind of the, the, the pan turns of like a, a, a dead eye kind of popping up. It gives us all of those moments from evil dead, but it, and, and it does it perfectly. And, and obviously, you know, um, I guess kind of like the more I think about it, the more the more it it, it shouldn't be a surprise that that Greg, it, you know, he's doing an anthology TV show. Like he has worked. Did he work on all of the Evil Dead movies? I know he worked on two and um, Army of Darkness. Yeah, I'm not too sure about. I don't know whether he would have worked on the original because the original was, was so such a small. Yeah. yeah, it was basically so just like Sam and a few other people and, and Bruce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was his mates, and so I'd imagine like unless they knew Greg personally, mm. which I imagine they didn't. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he did the other two. I know for a fact he did Army of Darkness. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm you know 95 percent sure. But you know, so so obviously he has that connection, and obviously. Yeah. You know, he has, as we spoke about at the top of the show, like he has these connections with so many franchises. And, and that's why, like, you actually look at um, 
creep show as we've got so far. And, you know, we've had crazy cameos. You know, we've got Kiefer Sutherland in it. We've got Tobin Bell kind of, you know, we, we've got all of these kind of like big horror names in it. And, and it, you know, it, it's that man that's getting those names in there, mm. you know, um, which, which is just awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I think, yeah, overall as a first episode with these with these first two segments, kind of extremely excited and hyped for Creepshow to return. But this fully exceeded my expectations. And, yeah, then and I think... I'm so happy because, like I said before, I liked season one, but I knew that it was going to get better. And so going into the specials that were better than season one, and now this to me is like my favorite of what I've seen. And so this is great. Like, can this continue? Can it Can it just keep getting better? I don't know. Like at this point, I'm very, very happy with what they're doing. They've kind of already reached the peak of what I wanted from Creepshow. So now it's just a case of, well, continue to give me what I want, but also give me what I don't even know that I want. Like Model Kid is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hope, obviously, we've got, I think, seven more segments uh, for this season. So I think it's nine in total. And I can't wait to see the different variety <laughs> of the um, of the of the different segments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and to see what's upcoming and yet yeah, to see like the more cameos, because I think that was what was interesting about these two is like they weren't the kind of traditional cameo laden, you know, episode like obviously with Ted in there is good. But mm. like, like you say, they've had bigger names and we know the rest of the season with like what well, Barbara Crampton's in it, Keith David, yeah. like there's a lot of big horror yeah, names like upcoming. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are other big names coming and the fact that they didn't even need them for this first episode and they were mm-hmm. still confident enough. And like, I think it shows that like, this is the reason why this was episode one is like these segments are just so, so strong. Um, so yeah, I couldn't be happy with the first episode. Yeah, me too. I think, um, like you say, it blows everything out of the water, what it could be. And mm. kind of, um, it, it's almost set the bar too high for the rest of the <laughs> yeah. season, to be honest. Well, but definitely like, with the Evil Dead stuff, we kind of just have to take that and move on because yeah. it's not going to be like that again. <laughs> and like, they clearly knew they had it special because like going back to the trailer, like mm. what was teased in the trailer exceeded, like, the, you know, it, they managed to exceed what I thought they'd managed to do. Yeah. Um, they did a, you know, they did an incredible job of saying, we might have a bit of Evil Dead going on here, guys. You want to give this a watch? And then they did. And the fact that they actually, one of the Evil Dead nods that was in the trailer isn't in this episode is, yeah. is, is quite impressive as well. Yeah. The, the fact that they just knew what the hell they were doing was mm. just brilliant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I, I couldn't be more pumped for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. I cannot wait. We'll definitely find a way to cover it for the show um, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the coming weeks because, yeah, we're going to be watching it. And, yeah, I can't wait, man. It's, it's great to, like, say the, the big movies aren't here right now, but TV is still delivering. And this was one of the shows that I wanted. I mean, like I say, I'm super glad it arrived this early in March yeah. because now we're starved for new content. And I'm super glad that, you know, over the last few weeks, Shudder have kept us very busy and they're just continuing Definitely. to do that, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, obviously Shudder returns next week, the 1st of April. You'll get to see this amazing episode and we can't wait to see the future. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, that was our discussion on Creepshow. I will take a short break and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
so yeah we do have some listener feedback this week of course if you ever want to get involved with the podcast um you can tweet us at shb pod um you can also email us at superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com uh you can search for us on skype if you search super horror bros you can leave a voicemail um mm-hmm. up to two minutes um or you can just send us an audio message like sean does uh, via email um and yeah sean has got in touch again this week and i'll play that message now Hello, Matt and Mike. This is Sean Smith calling in from the outskirts of Costa Mesa, California once again with some comments for episode 239 featuring Canadian slasher Slacks from this past year. I gotta say, this film was not on my radar. Um, I do enjoy horror comedies more so than probably most people, but uh, I know that it has received several favorable reviews, including yours, uh, so I have added it to my queue, and I do look forward to seeing it. Uh, you know, Shudder has been doing a great job. I do agree with you guys. And I, I wanted to share a recommendation with you and with the other listeners. Uh, please do check out a film from 1982 called Alone in the Dark. This is a rarely seen and underappreciated slasher uh, from the heyday of slashers. And it was directed by Jack Shoulder. And it features an excellent cast with Jack Palance, Martin Landau, and Donald Pleasance. The story itself, which is about some escaped psychos uh, from a mental mental institution uh, during a blackout. And this story draws you in and it it has great suspense and it features great performances by the leads and also has some excellent kills with multiple killers taking people down in most gruesome fashion. Uh, I highly recommend this classic and this film desperately needs a Blu-ray release. Uh, you know, because right now it doesn't have one, and you currently can't see it anywhere else except for Shutter, at least from what I've seen. And speaking of Blu-rays, I did send you guys a couple of photos of my new Demons 1 and 2, a limited box set from Arrow Films. Gotta say, this is definitely a standout release of this year, and I highly recommend it if you are fans of the movies. I really don't think these movies will get any more love than what Arrow has done here with this limited release. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, also, I just wanted to mention a couple of uh, stories, which I'm sure you guys already covered in the news, but uh, Fede Alvarez has made some comments on the upcoming Don't Breathe 2 movie with Stephen Lang. Uh, apparently, you know, there are these uh, character, the old man, has been hiding out uh, for several years and is taking care of an orphan girl who then gets ki- kidnapped by some unknown people. And then the man must then go out and, and save her. I gotta be honest, guys, uh, this synopsis does not really sound that compelling to me when you know you look at the first film. The first film was really good, but I, I gotta say, I mean, I agree with you guys. Does does it war- warrant a sequel? And you know, I think that we've seen this story played out many times. So, you know, hopefully these guys are bringing something different that will end up surprising audiences. But uh, for right now, it doesn't really sound that interesting to me. I do think, though, the really interesting story is that um, Ari Aster uh, has gotten a TV deal with A24. Obviously, you know, we love Ari Aster's work, and the more of his work out, the better. Um, Obviously, the TV format will allow him to get even more detailed and add even more depth uh, to the stories uh, that he has presented, you know, that even his feature films have shown. So, you know, I'm sure we're all excited to see what type of projects come out of this announcement. But uh, certainly what we can say is the TV uh, is definitely going to get even more 
twisted than, than it is even now uh, in, in this kind of modern reception of, of this golden age of horror that we're in. But uh, speaking of Twisted Tales, uh, definitely very much looking, obviously, forward to the Creep Show season two that uh, Shudder is uh, launching very, very shortly. I'm sure you guys have given us a great review for the first couple of episodes and uh, definitely have seen some, some very positive initial thoughts about uh, season two. So this should be very fun, very enjoyable. Uh, definitely very much looking forward to diving right into it uh, once it uh, once we get it. Um, so once again, guys, you know, thanks again for all of your awesome work and all the awesome shows. Uh, once again, no one covers cinema horror like Super Horror Brothers. So stay well, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. So yeah, thank you very much, Sean, to get involved again, of course, providing those amazing Blu-rays uh, for the giveaway, which is now open. Um, but yeah, you mentioned some interesting things in there, like the, the movie recommendation on Shudder, um, Alone in the Dark from 1982. Mm like sounds really cool and i've not i'd not heard about this one at all um so definitely i'm going to add this to my provisional need to watch that list which is about 56 horror movies at this point <laughs> um hopefully i'll get to it at some point like the thing is this list does get taken through because eventually i'll just pick a random one like i did the other week with wishmaster and just watch it but it'll just be whatever i'm feeling that day <laughs> and i'll eventually yeah. get to it this, this um, one's a weird one because alone in the dark is um uh I've seen a different movie called Alone in the Dark. It's a very generic which, title. There's a video game series yeah, as well. I was going to say, because because of the video game series, there was a movie that had Christian Slater in and Tara Reeve. Yeah, was that uh, in like 2005 or something? Something like that, yeah. yeah, which was, again, like it was a horror, mm. um, but it was paranormal. And I remember kind of at the time, it was just such a weird kind of hodgepodge of names and faces and kind of, um, you know, I watched it because of the... Um, the video game. I liked the video mm. games and, and kind of was like, oh, is this a spin-off or whatever? <laughs> and then I was like, no, this came out way before. Okay, I'll watch it. But yeah, I've never seen the 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 kind of 1982 version. Yeah, it sounds super cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, you also mentioned about getting your Demons 1 and 2 box set. Um, I've not seen either of these movies. Like, Have you seen all these or this box set? I don't, I've seen the box set and I've yeah. seen because is this the 4K? Is it 4K now? I can't because remember. Arrow have had Demons 1 and 2 available for a while. Right. I know this is a re-release. And so I'm not sure whether it's just a re-release of their original limited edition or whether they've mm. done the 4K treatment like they're doing with like Donnie Darko and stuff. Yeah, because they're um, obviously going back, aren't they, for a lot of the catalogue that they like already yeah. done on Blu-ray and then re-released them on 4K. Yeah, and, and they kind of announced a few. But yeah, like I... I don't because I've not seen anything from it. I remember I went through a phase of kind of watching these sort of, uh, uh, you know, Puppet Master kind of uh, <laughs> ghoulies and those sort of like cheesy kind of things because this is called Demons. I'm like, is is this something <laughs> in vain with that or is this something completely different? But yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know whether I've seen it. I don't think I have. Yeah. Yeah, if I, I did, it would have been during that phase. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you, you mentioned obviously about Don't Breathe too. Um, mm. We featured it a couple of times in the news and I, I've been staying pretty clear of it, but I have also, I had already he heard the kind of vague synopsis that you talked about. Um, and especially in the vein of, from what I heard, they are positioning the blind man as the protagonist of the movie. And yeah, it's, it sounds weird. Um, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't sound like 
something that I'm interested in right mm. now. Obviously, if we see it and kind of like seeing the blind man again in the new trailer, and I'll have that kind of rush of emotion that like because I love the original movie, but I think we've spoken time and time again like it doesn't need a sequel in the slightest. That story was told amazingly. Then mm-hmm. the fact that it feels a bit like a cash grab. Fede is obviously not involved, or he's at least not directing, so it's not like it's some crazy passion project, you know, where he's like, "Oh my god, I came up with the best idea ever, and I had to return to direct." You know, yeah. it just it doesn't really tick any of those boxes for me, sadly. Um, so yeah, I'll need to see more from it, but yeah, I'm not hyped for it at all, really. Um, no, I'm pretty much the same, really. Like, I wasn't hyped for it, and then kind of now seeing this announcement and kind of hearing a rough kind of plot synopsis, mm. it really doesn't interest me at all. Um, I can only hope that it's good, but um, you know, I don't. I think kind of uh the old man kind of character has has kind of they're trying to create him as like this this kind of jigsaw-esque cut guy you know this kind of horror kind of villain slash kind of icon and it's not really what he was mm. like you know and it just yeah it just feels like it should have been a standalone movie and then trying to like build him into something that to me he's not um doesn't excite me no because the first movie was such a personal story of kind of mm. this old man that's gone through this tragedy and then he's made some kind of fucked up decisions to get where he is and it was such like a fully fleshed out story where yes he is the antagonist but there's kind of a lot of different information going on here whereas i feel mm-hmm. like this sounds a lot more basic again i know we're just we're like very much judging something that's nowhere near being released but like it seems like okay we're just adding a new character he's now got a person who he cares about and supposedly us as an audience are supposed to care about that relationship she's then taken from him and so he's now kind of like the john wick badass character like trying to save her life like man it's it does not sound interesting no. at all to me but we shall see we have been hopefully we'll get proved wrong on that one um and then yeah lastly you obviously talked about the ariasta news which we which we covered earlier cannot wait we love a bit of ariasta around her um Damn right we do so yeah thank you very much sean um that's pretty much it for this week have you seen anything in the last week i've watched loads of stuff but none of it's horror related <laughs> Yeah, pretty much the same. I think the only the only thing that I we we both will have seen, which I think kind mm. of warrants a little bit of discussion, is obviously that uh, that Disney Plus goodness. Um, yeah, we can do our usual. So if yeah. that's the only thing we can talk about, then we'll say so. farewell to the horror fans. And I, um, and I could talk a lot about Bob Ross. <laughs> no we already yeah. talked about that um <laughs> so yeah that is pretty much it for this week we will now talk uh full spoiler alert from the start about uh episode one of the falcon and the winter soldier um which yeah i absolutely loved it was fantastic i think kind of on when i first watched it i was like this is great um very much felt like the start of a movie rather than mm-hmm. an episode of a tv show but I'm kind of okay with it. Like as I've marinated on it and I already want to rewatch it again, because what, what, what is very different about this show for a lot of different reasons compared to WandaVision, I think like we said before is that I really didn't care about Wanda or vision before WandaVision. You know, I thought not maybe don't care is a bit strong, but like they weren't remotely my favorite characters in MCU. And then mm-hmm. over the course of that show, I fell in love with them both. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier, I already have that love for, like I adore both these characters I've loved them as as all of their secondary roles across multiple movies. And I was so happy that they were going to finally get the spotlight, especially 
for these actors yeah. because I just love Anthony and I love Sebastian. And already what we're seeing in this first episode is it's the most screen time they've ever had and they are fleshing out these characters. And I think that is what is most exciting to me about this stage of the MCU is that yeah. we are seeing this long-term character development, which, yes, we've seen, like, for example, Tony Stark's story over the course of 10 years and all these different movies. But in terms of, like, on-screen mm. time, these characters are really well, getting to dive into it for the first Falcon. time ever, which is great. Like, how many movies has he been in? Mm. And But he is just a very bit park, you know. He's just introduced, what is it, in the second Captain America movie? Yeah, and we're like, um, so we barely know anything about who he is mm. as a person after all these films. Yeah, and like, you know, the fact that we've got, like, glimpses of a family life and kind mm. of him with it, as his sister, isn't it, and her yeah, family yeah. and kind of, you know, this family business and him struggling there. It's, it's fascinating. But also, um, I kind of feel like Disney need to stop at this point because they're, they're kind of taking the piss because yeah. it shouldn't be this good this soon should it well, all this stuff i i don't really know how tv go, goes back which i don't <laughs> want it to but i just also don't know how other people are going to make tv because i think like obviously we've had in recent years things like you know the the walking dead or or, or you know game of thrones mm. more than anything else that was kind of like this event tv and it was they had episodes that were movie like but yeah. still kind of i don't know T to me this is a different level no i completely is, agree it you is. know you, you can kind of see that the television restrictions in something like game of thrones even then like mm. you know if you compare game of thrones to like lord of the rings yeah you 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 can't fully um you know well, especially the early seasons as well it got a bit, sure. obviously more budgeted as it went on yeah but even like the latter seasons you know there isn't like this prolonged stuff but like yeah the stuff we got with falcon was just like um you know action you know action like you shouldn't see on a tv show Hmm. You know, it's it's filthy that it's there and it looks that good. <laughs> and like I was just watching it, like no, 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 guys, like that's not fair. <laughs> it's funny because with the action stuff, I feel like I'm almost numb to it. Like say, I think I'm just spoiled because mm. I kind of expected that and like I enjoyed it, but I, at no point was I kind of like jaw on the floor. And I think a lot of people had that reaction to you, where they were like, "This is such an awesome set piece," and seeing Falcon use these abilities in such an interesting way. And I was like yeah it was it was cool like don't get me wrong i didn't hate it but kind of it was the rest of the episode that i loved was like seeing like especially we haven't even talked about the bucky but like man what they're doing with this character who's already mm -hmm. had such an awesome story arc and we we actually got to see him as the winter soldier which was incredible and like yeah. seeing him murder people and say hail hydra was just so cool and then seeing him trying to come to terms with these demons that he's battling trying to live a normal life like i love that we saw him like flirt with a woman and just go out on a date yeah that was and awesome. you know she was like how old are you he's like 106 and she's like <laughs> and just thinks he's joking like all these cool little moments that they just nail um and then the stuff with obviously um uh falcon like you know we obviously expected post endgame that like oh he's the new captain america and like it's not that simple and you know him giving up the shield and then obviously that reveal at the end with the kind of the new fake oh, captain america which i was really happy that i immediately spotted who the actor was um i don't know if you caught that or not i recognized him but no i didn't i didn't yeah i don't know how because i was like does that look like him without a beard and then i kept watching the credits and there it said it wyatt russell that was him <laughs> brilliant um so i'm super super happy that he's in the mcu i 
feel sorry for him uh, because right he's now he's probably the most hated man in the MCU. <laughs> I, I hate him so much. <laughs> exactly. But I think it's going to be fascinating because they can go two ways with it. They're either going to get insane sympathy for this man and he'll ultimately become a character that we love because of how much we unfairly hated him. Or he's going to be an insanely good villain <laughs> because people are going to hate him so much because he's the new Cap, which he's not really Cap. Um, mm. So I cannot wait for all that stuff with like the new Cap. And yeah, this new kind of syndicate, like the flag smasher stuff, there's just... There's so much going on in this first episode. Um, yes, like I say, I'm kind of already can't wait for Friday and I'm already disappointed. There's only five more episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, the, the, but they got to chill because it's not. Fair, yeah, it really you know? is. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think like, you know, this episode of, of our podcast, like just shows how insane TV is. Oh yeah. That, like, saving us so much. You know, isn't it? We, we haven't been to the cinema in what months at this mm. point. What was St. Maud? Our last I think it was. Yeah. In October. Um, yeah. In October. And which is just a longest stretch I've ever been in my life. of not going to the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, and you know, but, but this week's episode is pure joy and mm. hype and excitement of what we've watched and we've just watched TV. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and yeah, it's just great that TV is in such a good place. You know, both of these are, you know, episode one of TV shows that we've been talking mm. about and both of them, like I, I cannot wait to watch them all. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Like, as I say, I think TV is going to still be a mainstay of the podcast mm -hmm. this year. Like, hopefully these big movies will come. Um, and I hope it isn't, you know, what I fear in terms of producing content for the show. Like, obviously for us, we'd love it to have one new thing to talk about every week. But I hope Midnight Mass and Stranger Things and Black Mirror and all these shows don't also all come out when, when the cinemas are open. <laughs> mm. Because in the American Horror Story, because it's like, well, then we're not going to have as much to talk about. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like I say, right now tv really is filling that void and it's not just tv for the sake of it because that was what tv was for the lot of the time you know there's a lot of filler tv um you know a lot of tv shows have a lot of different filler episodes but the tv that we've seen specifically from mandalorian late last year for the last pretty much three months with one division creep show now captain Phil uh, captain oh Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, has just been spectacular. And like some of my all time favorite TV where I don't even know what like my favorite shows are at this point, because no. Lost is always my favorite TV show. But in the last few years with Watchmen, with Mandalorian and now these two MCU shows, like these are all vying for like my number one spot. They're that good. Um, yeah. And for me, there's stuff like Stranger Things that goes into the mix yeah. as well definitely um yeah. so yeah it's all good stuff um but yeah as far as next week there might be some stuff coming out so there's two big releases <laughs> but i don't think we're going to be able to watch either of these because i have a feeling that they're both cinema the first one is nobody um the kind of upcoming Ilya nashula's next film um which we've talked about in the news before mm. um kind of bob odenkirk is this kind of badass but it, I, I really want to see it but i have a feeling that it's like cinemas only so obviously for us we just can't see it so that sucks um and then there's the old big boy which has been in the news godzilla versus kong is is supposedly just around the corner um which on any other occasion we wouldn't cover but it's it's the pandemic why don't we just talk about two silly monsters fighting each other um so do, but, do you know what though in the last couple of weeks we've been watching some good stuff like give, <laughs> give me some more slacks 
Like, I, well, if you can really find Slacks know. 2 out there, then let me know. Um, someone make a Slacks 2, please, so we can see that instead of Godzilla versus Kong. At least that film is like, we don't even have to worry about yeah. like a serious film discussion because it's just such a silly film that hopefully we'll enjoy. Um, but also, I don't even know about that because like, I know they're trying to get that in cinemas with this whole April thing in the US. So... Oh, and obviously it is part of the HBO Max deal, but yeah, we'll see. But we'll, do they, we'll do, they do do legit wrestling moves on each other? That's my question. Do we get to see like a, a, a power bomb or an RKO or something? There's only one way to find out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Through two hours of it. Um, I bet yeah. get an RKO. If not, there's always Creep Show. We'll just talk about that again. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So that'll be something. Two. Yeah, exactly. We'll just be a Creep Show podcast the next six weeks. I'm sure that'll be fine. I'm sure Shadow yeah. would love that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was episode uh, 240. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Cause I never could, and how could I start now?